welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and this quarantine's got me Groove Family psychoing. <laughs> I'm Kevin, and what fucking week is this? <laughs> well, uh, welcome uh, to ep- an episode of Three Men in a War Game. This is episode, who the fuck cares? Oh shit, what was we talking about? <laughs> That's right. What was we talking about? That is exactly, exactly what it is. Um... All right, so warning: explicit cor- content. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little late. Um, so quarantine. <laughs> it's been a long ass time. So it's been hard to get out and play games and and all that stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing um, to fill up that void in our life outside of war gaming. We are. That is what we're <laughs> going to talk about. And we are Potterless. Which is why we're going to avoid talking about the wargaming stuff we have been doing, so that when we do talk, we are, in fact, three men in a war game. That's right. That's right. This is this is two guys in a quarantine. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is two guys in a what we do when we're bored. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Oh, man. All right. So, so let's get started talking about some of the shit that we've been doing and, and entertaining ourselves with. Um Let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Um, so things outside the hobby, uh, somewhat related to hobby though. <laughs> um, uh, as, but it fits into reading. So any, any, any hobby based rule systems that you've been checking oh, out? Oh, you know it, man. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm doing anything, it's reading new rules to get excited about. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this way you can jump jump on in once all this crazy shit is over yeah yeah so i've uh fully immersed myself into both relic blade and kings of war um basically so that i have the rules ingrained in my head so that when we get back out we uh are i'm able to play one of these games right but also i reread the rules the crisis protocol the other day because i was like (laughs) oh fuck man it's been a long time <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and and they just uh, uh, speaking of that, they just released the card of somebody, and it was pretty uh, ridiculous. Looking. Yeah, Ebony Ma. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who it was. Real, real good. The Black Order is looking mighty fine. Yeah, they look like they're going to be pretty strong on the table. Yeah, but low model count. The highly elite uh, force. If you're going to take them, like uh, in a keyword, like if you're going to actually yeah. take an affiliation. Yeah. Yeah, because Ebony Maul looked like he was, what, five, five points, if I remember my card yeah, correctly? Five. Yeah, five. Um, and, like, who knows what the dwarf and what Thanos and those characters are going to cost, too, right? So it's going to be an yeah. expensive crew to run. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, but also, uh, on Monday this week, and uh, this is weird, right? This is a little bit of uh, podcast behind-the-scenes magic. Uh, code 1 rules came out we've been reading those and uh if yep. you're listening to this you've already listened to our code one episode which is weird right um but we'll be talking about code one and doing an episode on that or we will have already done it <laughs> <laughs> space time continuum is yeah through the wibbly wobbly yes, very it's like we got a jeremy bear me going on here um but yeah, Red Code 1, loving the Code 1. But again, I'll save that for the full episode. Uh, and then also yep. reading uh, Oak and Iron, which is a game I got the... I, it's so funny. I was so excited about Oak and Iron. And we talked about it on a podcast episode a long time ago. 
And yes, back I in the Kickstarter. received my Kickstarter pledge three days before the stay-at-home order. Oh, man. I know. So it was sitting in the box, and I was just so depressed I hadn't even opened it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I opened it the day I got it because I was so excited, but cautiously yeah. excited because, like, you know, working in higher ed, I kind of heard rumblings about what was coming down the pipe. And it turns out, you know, I... It, well-founded fears that I, you know, that I didn't think I'd get a chance to play it. And I haven't. So I left it in the box, but I pulled the rules out the other day and I pulled all the ships out and built them um, and read the rules. And we'll do an episode on that too. Once I get it on the table, but I'm excited about it because the rule system is ace. Yeah. I think that'll, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about that game. Like you were looking forward to hearing me talk about uh, chain of command. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm, I'm while while it's not something that I'm gonna play because I still don't know that I understand what the fuck a galleon is, uh, or a moba. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still excited to hear about it. How about you? Any rule systems you've been reading? I mean, I I've been in the Infinity Code one uh, rule set reading because um, there's there's lots of tiny differences. So uh, I'm trying to Yoda it a bit and and unlearn what I was learning about N3 and and trying to see Code One as its own thing. Um, and ironically, also like you with with Oak and Iron, uh, the other day I was back in the Chain of Command rule set, uh, trying to figure out all the things that I could have done better the last time I played the game and and making sure that I'm aware of a lot of the rules and and how things work so this way I can actually, you know, not get stomped. Yeah. Fair enough. And as a crystal ball yeah. thing for uh our listeners to know what might be coming, you know, weeks and weeks down the path. Have you been did you read the Kings of War rules? Cuz they released I them did free. read the Kings of War rules. Yeah, no, I I read the Kings of War rules. Uh I mean, I not in depth, in depth, but I gave uh, most of the sections a quick oh, perusal a just simple, to get an idea of how. Pretty simple game yeah, system. To, but just to get an idea of how of how like all the basics, which which was really exciting because it's a it's a fascinating rule set. I really like the way it's laid out, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it and um, just kind of looking at ways I can turn models that I have into Kings of War stuff. Yeah, that's I mean that's what. The, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and yeah, Kings of War is exciting. And I think we'll end up talking about it because it, I don't see a way through me not at least building an army to play it. At least a thousand points. Just because I'm fascinated by the hobby side of it and by the rule side of it. And there's a local, I have a local friend that is uh, going to get into the game too. That'd be a friend of the show, Tim. So we'll be, uh, we'll be doing an episode at some point on Kings of War, I think for sure. Yeah, and that's just it too. Brits over here always playing the game and and stuff like that. Oh yeah, so, dude. I mean, that's, uh, Brit is uh, into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's hardcore into it. So I mean, it's not like there isn't uh, somebody to to play with. Yeah, and, and you guys you have. Know, a, I, have m- I have stuff that I can. You have a so. big meta too. I've seen. I saw the list of armies that are played in your area, and there were at least eight or ten. So. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's there. It's just. It's just. Uh, it seems like it's going to be just that process of of putting some cricks on a uh, square base on a tray. Yeah. Pushing them around. Yeah. yeah make a, make a little fancy uh, uh, tray for them. And then, you know, kind of maybe try and have sections for their bases to slot in. So this way I can take them off. If I, you know, play war machine. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Two for one, two for one, which then I was thinking the other day too, if I, I think the, the 
the nature guys, uh, they're neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So see, and I have uh, some circle models that maybe I can I can use for oh, that. Yeah. Good point. So, Good point. Yeah. So then that's a neutral one. So that's 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 pretty much what I'm I'm looking at is is going through. I, I started looking at the Crick stuff and figuring out where some of that might fit. But it's also I gotta look at the trays and and acquiring those oh, yeah that's a good point right on cool i'll and i can send you links for that but cool all right so moving on the thing we're going to talk about yep. just pop culture stuff stuff we've been doing things we like things we recommend to people who listen to the show maybe give you a little bit of insight into the kinds of stuff we do outside of wargaming what we like yeah because there's a lot <laughs> there is yep so um the funny thing, I think both of us love movies, but we talked a lot before the show, and neither of us have done a lot of movie watching. No, uh, no, we and and I think part of that challenge is uh, that right now everything got pushed back that I was waiting to see as far as what's released. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like right now streaming services it's it's less movies and and more shows right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I feel like there's nothing really new. I mean, I've, I've watched, a f- I w- I've watched some Star Wars films. Yeah. I wa- I watch um, Marvel and Star Wars movies when I hobby sometimes. Yep. Um, especially the movies that I feel like hold up to many, many repeat watches. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or, uh, Solo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I will say, though, uh, on the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray, the documentary on the making of it is fantastic. Cool. Which, if you have the one for The Last Jedi as well, there's a really good documentary on the making of that as well. Yeah, that one well. was great. Yeah, this, one, this one's right up there with that. It's it's very fascinating watching it. Um, it, it it gave some very good insight into some decisions that were made and, and how they went about having things work out. And um, I, I really, really liked it. Uh, like, like, and I don't know if you realize this or not, but John Williams was in the scene uh, with, with the, the Babu Frick. I did not know that. Yeah. The, the old guy with the beard who was at the bar cleaning the glass, they cut to him real quick as they're walking into the back room. Uh, that's John Williams there. But the other cool thing that I learned from this documentary is that all the stuff around him in that scene, there's 51 items there, and each one represents a different Academy Award nomination. That's so cool. Yeah, and like J.J. Abrams is standing there talking about each one of them, and it's just like crazy. It's just like, oh man, how yeah, fascinating. I, it, yeah, it's it's great. Like, and what a what a cool way to to get him to do a cameo. Um, but just that whole, like, Hey, so much of this music and, and, and people's memories of movies, um, you know, like one of them, there was like a, like a, a a little hook, you know, for the music that he did for hook, you know? So it's like really creative ways of, of representing these movies that he's done. Um, so again, highly recommend watching it really good. All right. Uh, so the one, one thing I want to talk about, uh, any, a, well, okay, let's say first. The movie I know we talked about, we both watched, Onward. Yep. We haven't talked about yep. what you thought about Onward, which is weird. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. All right. Um, I mean, it was sad. I, I liked I liked, um, I liked, how it ended. Yep. Um, I thought it was, it, was, it was really good. It was a really strong, like, <clears throat> um, you know, you don't have to be 
I don't want to say you don't have to be blood, but you know, but like, it's kind of that same idea that you you can have somebody to look up to, but they don't have to be that specific role. Yeah. If that if that makes sense yeah. without spoilering. Yeah, it. I, I I appreciated a lot about it. I the storytelling was good. The way the story unfurled was fun. Um, yeah. I liked that they didn't tokenize nerddom or geekdom. It, right. it actually felt central to the plot and it, it was there was more reverence than uh than like making fun of right like it actually like yep. gives it was legitimizing like our hobbies and things like that so i yeah really appreciated yeah, that portion of it and and there was even the scene in the beginning where the mom was like walking down the hallway and she stepped on the mini yep <laughs> <laughs> and also the name of the van, which I don't want to talk about because it's like one of the cooler things in the movie. But man, that, that's yeah. so fun. Yep. Um, yeah, and and the, yeah, I was gonna talk about something I really liked at the end, but I thought that would be a, a little spoilery, a, too much of a spoiler. Yeah, 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 that's fair. But yeah, Onward was good. I'd recommend watching it, especially if you like previous Pixar movies and you somehow haven't watched it yet. Yep. Um, yeah, and and that and that was cool seeing because that came out earlier, right? Was that? Right, because it, it was, was like it was kind of yeah, like early... week two, week three of this thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but, but I mean, it was like, did it even? It, it was in theaters, right? And it then was. They just released it, it, it was. It was in theaters, podcasts. and then they made it so that you could buy it for two yeah. weeks, and then they released it on Disney Plus for free for everyone. Yeah, which was which was super awesome, and then even early releasing uh, Frozen Two, Rise of Skywalker, and. Frozen, yeah, yep. Disney's Disney's pretty up on that, yep. so that was pretty good. But yes, but yes, onward, good movie, recommend it. Not my not my favorite, but definitely good. Yeah. Also, I was uh, I was browsing on Amazon Prime and I saw that Overlord is on Amazon Prime now, and I want to say if you haven't watched Overlord, go do it. <laughs> I don't wait. Is Overlord the J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams produced uh, it. World War Two. Yeah, produced it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a World War II movie that takes a turn you might not be expecting. I don't really want to say anything. And please, yeah, it's a little more weird world, weird war. II. <laughs> well, it's actually not. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually, it, it isn't. It it plays as a straight up World War II movie with a story you never heard about World War II. Okay. Uh, and I do, okay. I don't want to say any more than that other than you should go watch it and not read anything about it if you don't know anything about it because the left turn that it takes is just oh it's so good it's it, yeah i remember i remember i remember when it was when there were trailers for it and stuff like that it's great i i didn't get around to seeing it and i wanted yeah, to yeah it is it's great um, and it definitely like i said it plays as a straight up world war 2 story that you just yeah. never heard about because of the way that it ends anyway go watch overlord okay, that's cool. a fun movie can recommend also i saw that both midsummer and the lighthouse which are a23 movies uh shit the lighthouse is yeah on? it's on amazon Light, on Prime. amazon yep oh fuck I've been, i i was so mad that i didn't get to go see yep. that so those are both there i haven't watched either of them yet which is embarrassing with midsummer because midsummer has been on there for a while and i've been wanting to see it forever uh because ashton whatever his name is Aston something the, the guy who directed it also uh directed uh hereditary uh or heredity right. and i uh really liked that movie and i'm excited to see midsummer as well and haven't watched it i think the girls might have watched midsummer without me oh boo i think i told them to go ahead but yeah uh i'm i'm excited about the lighthouse so that might be what i do as soon as we're done yeah man i'm uh i'm gonna watch it probably this weekend well this is the uh, weekend some i was gonna tomorrow. say you got like tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah 
All right. <laughs> so let's move on to the next. Uh, and I'm going to skip down for us. I'm going to say let's talk about video games next. Okay. Um, yeah, that so, works. So, uh, Paul, what have you been playing video game-wise? Both of us are pretty big video gamers. Uh, but I think looking at the list, neither of us are playing games that the other one would expect we're playing. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I, I've I've really gotten into over this quarantine is uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. What? <laughs> right. So um, I want to I want to behind the scenes this a little bit because I remember a time, Paul, not long ago. Yeah, uh, I know. So I know. listeners that you know maybe don't know our full backstory <laughs> don't know that Paul and I met playing World of Warcraft. Yep. And also know that like both of our personal lives were almost shattered by World of Warcraft <laughs> and swore yes. off MMOs forever. So just yes. seeing this as a thing Paul is doing <laughs> is the most surprising thing to me. Well, here here here's the thing though, is that it plays like a fantastic RPG. Okay. Which is which is what I absolutely love about it. And it and it has all of those you know MMO tropes and and all that stuff, and it actually is is really solid. Um, but the fact that the story is so engaging um, is just above and beyond. Like there's been points where I've been I've been playing the game and and getting through the the main story quests and sitting there being like, that's some great video game storytelling. I didn't see that coming, or I didn't think it was going to go in this direction. So that's that's one of the things that I, I really like about it. And the fact that like it's everything's so much faster than like when we used to play WoW, you know, and we used to have to go do a dungeon and it took like three hours. Mm-hmm. It takes like five minutes to find a group through the thing and then the dungeons have like, hey, you have to finish it in the next ninety minutes, uh, which is awesome because that's still fairly short, but it takes about 15, 20 minutes because people know the stuff so well. Sure. Um, so it's so it's good. It's it's really good. And I don't have that like, hey, I need to play it all the time. All right. Which is great. So like, I don't think I've played in, gosh, maybe since Tuesday. And I'm not like, oh my god, I need to play. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so, but it's 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 fun. It 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 it's it's actually a really fun game, and I'm I'm really surprised at how enjoyable it is um and i and i feel like i'm having a lot more fun with this than some people seem to be with the final fantasy 7 remake all right well hey that's cool <laughs> so yeah so i'm i'm full on board with that yeah by the way right, how about you there's what? nothing to watch if you haven't watched donkey's review on final fantasy 7 remake go watch that some funny <laughs> shit <laughs> it was amazing absolutely amazing and it was pretty funny too because i saw somebody else um, on on Facebook today, who who just finished it and basically had all the same stuff to say that he did. I yeah, I, um, I and I don't I don't care what what it's not really spoiling anything, right? But like I love when he was like when they reveal the true final boss of Final Fantasy, <laughs> I <laughs> laughed my ass off. That was great. Yeah, everything everything about that video was was spot on. Yeah, so good. Yeah. All right, so you give what? What's one of the things that you've been playing? All right, so what I want to talk about first and foremost, and this is like a hot tip for surviving this social distancing thing. As a po- <laughs> like, I wouldn't consider myself an extrovert. I think I'm gregarious, and I think I'm extroverted in known company. 
Um, yes. But also, like, I'm not an, an, an entirely uh, stereotypical introvert either, right? Like, I do appreciate human interaction. Uh, <laughs> and one thing that my wife and I have found that's been really great is hosting Jackbox parties. Uh, yeah. And for people who aren't familiar with what Jackbox is, uh, if you're as old as we are, which isn't that old, honestly, but you, you might remember a <laughs> trivia game called You Don't Know Jack uh, from the late 90s. And it's the same company and the same makers of You Don't Know Jack. And in fact, You Don't Know Jack, the original trivia game, is one of the games in the Jackbox Party games. Um, so if you think about You Don't Know Jack, like a funny take on pop culture and trivia, that's what it is. Uh, but also there are other games uh, like such as Quiplash and Fibbage. And Fibbage is a game where they give you something and you have to make up a lie about what it is and then try to fool the other players. Or uh, Quiplash, where you are trying to essentially uh, make a quip about something and have people vote on your quip versus the other person's based on a topic. Uh, and these games can be played via your uh, video conferencing uh, measure of choice so you can hook it to twitch and you can play via twitch or you can use zoom or go to meeting or webex or whatever you've got uh, teams and you share the screen and host it and then everybody who's playing with you plays via their mobile device or phone yep um, and paul you've joined one of our jackbox parties and i think had a pretty good time I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and we we do it once or twice a week uh, with family or and or friends. We try to not mix too much, so people aren't like, "Why am I playing uh, this with your, uh, you know, your brother in law? What the fuck is going on?" Uh, so we try to we try to keep the games to people who know each other, but they're really fun. Um, and I, I can't recommend the Jackbox games enough. Super good. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, being invited again. You, you, and you <laughs> will be. You will be. Um, another game I've been playing a lot is fucking Animal Crossing. Yeah, you have. Um, so if you guys aren't playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's fun. Uh, in a weird, boring kind of way. In a, in a weird <laughs> mundane kind of way. Um, yeah. I think I'm having as much fun with Animal Crossing because my wife, my wife's sister, my wife's best friend, a couple, a lot of my friends online are playing. I feel like every time I log in, it's like I, I'll, I'll come online. I'll be like, you have nine friends playing Animal Crossing yeah. on my Switch. And I'm like, holy shit. I've never I've never logged into a, my Switch and had that many people playing the same game uh as what animal crossing has done uh and if you're not familiar with animal crossing at all listen to how boring this shit sounds you <laughs> are uh it's like sort of like the sims i guess um you but cuter but cuter yeah cuter sims and also more nintendoized uh and if the, if the phrase nintendoized makes sense to you then i don't have to explain it any further <laughs> the sad thing is it does <laughs> Like that, that word means so much. Yeah, there it is. That I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is it's Nintendoized Sims. You you live on in this particular flavor of Animal Crossing. You are given an island to terraform and make with what you will, and live your best island life. And you can decorate it and collect new decorations and terraform and do all sorts of fun things to make your island the coolest. Um, 
and have your friends over to enjoy your island. And there's a turnip stock market, which I'm not going to get into, but is highly addictive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta tell you, as somebody who doesn't play, it's hilarious watching the Discord chats about the, the stock, stock market. market. Yeah, oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's also, it's not stock market. Uh, yes, it's stock market. Stock market as like a like a turnip stock. There's so many puns in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. And and not having any idea of how it works is, is great. Like, Jim and I are always, like, laughing about it because we have no idea. And it's it's kind of like if you have, like, put on a cricket match and try and figure out. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to the shit you guys say. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's. It's good. the The stock market's fun. Also, if you like puns, there's lots of good puns. Like, I like one of my neighbors. His name is Billy. He's a goat. That's good. Also, <laughs> also I have Allie, who is an alligator. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. But also the the stock market. Uh, I don't want to get too into it. Other than it, the person who runs it is a cow whose last name is Jones. So it's the Sow Jones stock market. <laughs> anyway which is amazing oh god that's so amazing (laughs) so animal crossing uh nine out of ten it's great (laughs) um also civilization six on switch holy shit you guys i i if you would have told like 12 year old kevin playing civ 2 one day you'll be able to play this game with graphics you can't fathom on a handheld device i would have told you to get (laughs) fucked there's no way (laughs) But somehow in 2020, you can pay 15 U.S. dollars. I just checked on Amazon. 15 U.S. dollars for a copy of Civilization VI on Switch. And it is a near-perfect, flawless execution of Civilization VI. And it works on the Switch somehow. Oh, it's, Well, that's that's amazing in and of itself. That's what I'm saying. It's so great. Yeah. So great. Jeez. The other, the other thing I've been playing a whole lot is a phone game called Shop Titans. It, yeah, tell um, me about Shop Titans. <laughs> this is like, this is like I, I've, I've realized, though, that this is my Animal Crossing. I treat it like the way you treat Animal Crossing. Because one, one of my co-workers plays it, a couple of his friends play it, and they're people that I've played Call of Duty with. So it's like people that I now know All right. um, are playing. And, and I dra- somehow I drag friend of the show Jim into it as well and friend of the show Jesse into it because I'm like hey come 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 be part of my city um but basically you're a shopkeeper in a town from like an RPG oh boy right so (laughs) so so basically it's a crafting game right so you're crafting shit and and adventurers come in and buy it and then you get adventurers and you can send them out on quests and they bring back materials that you can make to build stuff and and to craft stuff and you build your town and um as more people join your your city you get to help build upgrades and and stuff like that and there's even like like there's random raid events where where special dungeons are run and you go in and you get more prizes for it but yeah it's basically you know a lot of fun that you can just pop so in how do the dungeon runs work i'm just curious like what's the gameplay like um, it's, it's, I mean, it's like any other phone game where it's a lot of button pressing. 
you know, I'm, you just kind of. I'm only curious because this game sounds like it completely rips off an amazing game called Moonlighter. It it I mean it might be and if you've if you've never played Moonlighter so it's called Moonlighter because you are a uh, shopkeeper by day but it's like a Zelda style game where you dungeon delve and raid for treasure to stock your shop with. Yeah, see, I don't I don't think it's quite as as the like the the dungeon running and stuff like that isn't quite as interactive All right. I, I don't think is what you're describing because it's more like you it's it's more like you sending them out and they just kind of do it got it but you but you're like equipping them to be able to go out um so re- really everything's based around what you're doing craft wise okay but it's i mean it's a lot of fun to be able to go in and and be like all right well i need you know this person and then it, it's got you know you can like enchant their weapons and they're certain and like once you figure out what um, you know, what enchants make them stronger, then their skills go up, so then they can do harder quests and bring back more equipment. And yeah, and boy, that sounds like that. a lot like Moonlighter. You would like Moonlighter uh, too. I'm sure, I'm sure it, it sounds like it's the exact same game, but without as quite as much interactive, you know, dungeon. Yeah, growing. without the dungeon, the dungeon part of it, sure. Yeah, yeah, which for a phone game to be able to pop on every, you know, yeah, it seems all right. Hour or so at work, press a few buttons, build a few things. It's it's fun. Like I said, it's it's kind of like my Animal Crossing. It's a you know good way to just kind of kill some time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a lot of fun. So that's uh yeah, that's it. Final Fantasy fourteen and Shop. And yeah, those are, and then those for are me, it's like Civilization, Animal Animal Crossing, and Jackbox, <laughs> which is so weird because you know like before this before this whole thing started, I was you know like playing persona 5 and <laughs> uh breath of the wild for a second time and yep. y- y- you know like things we we normally could, like diablo 3 on my switch right at mario right. odyssey right like more video game style games and for some reason this thing has just put me in this head place where what i needed is animal crossing and Civ. <laughs> because it's it's fun and and they just absorb comforting. they're comforting and they absorb just huge pockets of time like easily yep. um anyway yeah so those yeah and that's yeah exactly comforting and and i'm looking at final fantasy 14 because you know mmo style gameplay is comforting <laughs> yep that's fair so yeah so wow that's a that's a pretty good psychological analysis right there with just that one word yeah <laughs> Indeed. All right, so that that's our video games. What do you want to talk about next? Music. All right, let's do music. It's right there. Let's not forget that we skipped TV. Um, so, uh, obviously, both of us love music because beyond World of Warcraft, it was music that got us talking and becoming friends on it's true. World of it's Warcraft. True. So... For me, as you know, I'm super big into jam bands. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been my thing since I was like 13. Um, and this has kind of been like this weird thing of, yes, everybody's tours and shows have been canceled. But now everybody's putting shows that were recorded or filmed or, you know, couch toured out and they're showing them on YouTube. Which is awesome. So I... Yeah, so I realized that like if 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 I wanted to really sit down and and do a full week of music, I would be able to fill every single night of the week with a different band. So cool. Yeah, like Monday every Monday's Humphreys McGee, Tuesday's Fish, 
Wednesday is the Disco Biscuits. Thursday, uh, gosh, I forget who's on Thursday. Um, but then Friday night, Grateful Dead. Saturday night, Dead and Company. Sunday night, Widespread Panic. And and even a lot of the and and bands like Aqueous that don't have quite as large of a of a back catalog of shows because they're still a fairly young band. You know, they all live together, so they set up equipment in their basement and they stream a show every <laughs> every couple you know days. That's great. So it's just amazing that like even though concerts aren't happening, I feel like I'm I'm getting more music than normal, which has been very satisfying. Very cool. Like yeah. I, I'm almost jealous that that like the scene that you're into is such a cool thing right now. Like, uh, in in terms of being able to enjoy new material on such yeah. a regular basis. And- and and two of the guys from Humphreys, um, Joel, their keyboardist, and and Brendan, their guitarist, or one of their guitarists, um, every Wednesday night, Joel does a a live show from his little apartment thing outside of his home or on his property or whatever where he practices his piano. Um, so he broadcasts that every Wednesday, and then every Friday night is uh, Brendan, their guitarist, does a, does a hour long show called he calls why not and then um you know plays music and i i save the wednesday one and play it on on friday and it's like i get a two set show so i get like two hours of music every every friday because of that and then if we're really lucky brendan and his wife are drinking and then they hop on instagram live at like midnight and start doing karaoke and it's the weirdest fucking shit but it's amazing awesome (laughs) You know, just like watching some of these people that I've been going to see in concert for 15 years, just hanging out with their families, you know? That's real cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, then then I'll just, I'll, I'm going to finish off my music, then we can jump onto yours. Just before the pandemic hit, um, Demons and Wizards put out a new record, which was their first record in 15 years. Whew. So I don't know, do you know much about Demons and I Wizards? I do not. Okay, power metal band. I fucking love power metal that's my other jam other than uh jam bands it's kind of my thing um but basically this is one of the guys from blind guardian and one of the guys from iced earth and they get together occasionally and put out a record and they put this one out i think end of february or so and it's phenomenal and one of the songs on there and and if you've ever listened to blind guardian they're all about basically taking fantasy books and stories and turning them into music Mm mm-hmm but one of their demons and wizard songs is about the Stormlight Archive. Very, very cool. So if that if that didn't hit home for me, <laughs> I don't know what would honestly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially when it's you know it's all about Seth. So you get your your song about the assassin in white, which is just perfect. Very, very, very awesome. I'll have to give that record a listen. It looks like it came. Oh, out it's so good. February twenty first. Yeah, and then and then if you if you do like them. Their second record that they put out is essentially uh, all songs about Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Oh fuck yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you look at the title, the title's like Return of the King, King, King Crimson yeah, King. Yeah, touched by the Crimson King. Line. Yep. Yeah. Terror Train, go, Blaine, it. right? Blaine yep. the Terror Train. Yeah, I like it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I get it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and it's, it's a really fucking good record cool. too. And then the other thing I've been I've been listening to a lot of is uh, Infectious Grooves, which Kevin and I were talking earlier, 
which this is like an older band, right? Like, uh, really been listening to the record called Groove Family Psycho. It came out in like 94. Yep, 94. Uh, but it's like, yeah, but it's like just straight up funk metal. Two of the guys are from Suicidal Tendencies. So it's, so it's really aggressive, but straight up funk. And, and they used to tour with Suicidal Tendencies. So these guys would be playing both sets. And that's just ridiculous amount of music that's just super intense if you if you know anything about either band that would be a long exhausting night for them i i can only imagine yeah it sounds like yeah i mean we, we talked about it earlier but playing that much music yeah. in one night man Oof. yeah yeah and especially that like i mean once and, and once once you once you sit and listen to it it's just like oh man this is this is crazy so so i i, I really kind of refound that and been listening to that a whole lot and one of their one of their uh Records has a really phenomenal uh, immigrant song cover that I can't recommend enough. All right. So yeah. So how about you? What have you been doing uh, music-wise? Well, um, um, a little bit of rap and a lot of metal, uh, which is my normal mo, I guess. But two of my favorite bands. I I feel like for me, my my most formative music years were my twenties. I feel like there's a lot of people. Like, and then this isn't a bad thing. I just see a lot of people, their, their musical taste gets really locked in place in high school. And yeah. those are still the bands they listen to. Like, you know, when I was in high school, big bands were like Tool, Raised Against the Machine, Nine Inch Nails, stuff like that. Right. And these people like they, that's still like their core things that they listen to are those kind of those those styles. And for me, yeah. it locked more into place in my 20s. Um, and I wouldn't say that my musical taste hasn't evolved because I still listen, you know, I, I get into new music. Like I have actually been digging a lot of newer pop, um, and then just newer, more experimental folk and bluegrass and weird music, but I still love my marathon metal. That's what I was coming back around to. Yeah. And in 20, if, 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 since you, since you brought up bluegrass real quick, check out Billy strings. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Dude's amazing. Anyway, sorry. No, sorry no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Uh, but a, a band that I've been listening to since I think about 2005, uh, August Burns Red, um, just like they came in uh, and sort of just set the metal world on fire with their first two records, Thrill Seeker and Messengers. Um, right. Like so much so that they had a completely sold out tour in 2017 for the 10th anniversary of messengers and oh, wow. boy, that was a like every show was sold out and it was it was amazing i went to the show in milwaukee it was great um but they have a new album out this year uh it came out i think uh and b- beginning of april uh called guardians um and it is it, in my opinion the best one of the best records they've done probably the best record they've released since 2010 um okay uh, I love it. If you've ever liked uh, August Burns Red and you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Guardians, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, Gar- it's a, it's <laughs> such a good record. Um, can't recommend it enough. Goes back. It feels a lot like Messengers, which is their their second album from 2007. Um, so good. Uh, yeah. August Burns Red. Great, great, great band. Uh, I've also been listening. Another band that I've been listening to uh, s- since that same time period and maybe even a bit before i think it's possible that i've uh, i've actually been listening to well maybe two i think 2005 maybe a little earlier is the black dahlia murder yeah uh the black dahlia murder is for me the like pinnacle of like american death metal american black metal um mm-hmm. they are like the embodiment of it like when i listen to them i can't help but like 
assume the metal face, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and like headbang a little bit and, and uh-huh. like throw up the horns. Cause like, that's just the style of music they play. Uh, and they have one of the most talented vocalists, like his ability to transition and he, there's no clean vocals in the black Dahlia murder. So if you don't like screaming, it's probably not for you. Uh, but he, right. he has a, an incredible range and of like deep guttural so, sort of like really crazy vocals up to like very high screeching almost his his range is nuts uh and they have one of the best drummers in the game some of the best and tightest songwriting and also Mm -hmm. they released a complete D D campaign to be played with verminous their new record that's pretty badass it's fucking awesome uh verminous is incredible their new record it's i don't know that they have a bad record to be honest (laughs) um i i think ever black i think is my favorite of their records which is a release from 2013 uh Mm -hmm. or nocturnal from 2007 those albums are both crazy and again all their albums are good um widowmaker the like title track from their their last record is one of their best songs but verminous stands up in their catalog i've probably listened to it a couple dozen times since it's been released because i listen to it while i'm painting it's crazy good uh if you've ever liked metal uh definitely check out the black dahlia murders verminous yeah and my last pick is from my one of my favorite mcs uh aesop rock uh if you are not familiar with aesop rock and you like rap at all i don't know what you're doing if i'm the first person telling you about aesop rock whoo Kiss the next couple days goodbye uh, while you so good. absorb his catalog. I think ve- very well known as being the rapper with the largest vocabulary in rap. And it's not even close. Uh, like <laughs> people have actually done maps. Like they've taken the amount of unique words in, uh, among all the best-selling rappers. And when you look at the word cloud, for Aesop Rocks, it is like exponentially larger than the next person. Um, just to, to give you an idea of the kind of MC that he is, uh, he's very well known for crafting complex metaphors, sometimes undecipherable, but then he can also oscillate into very straightforward, amazing storytelling like he did in 2016 on The Impossible Kid. Uh, God, that record is so good. Yeah, The Impossible Kid's great. Um very, yeah, very, very good record. But his new record, Freedom Finger, so good. Um, incredibly good record. Highly recommended. Um, I've been enjoying it a ton. Yeah, I have to admit, I, I, you told, you told me it came out, and I got excited, and then it just completely slipped my mind that I needed to go back and listen to it. Oh, it's good. So that's on my, that's on my list for. Well, maybe this evening. Yeah, I would say go listen to Freedom Finger. And also he released a single uh, called Rogue Wave this year, too, that's not on that album. That's also pretty badass. That I did listen to. I did hear that. Really good. You know, and, and, and having this conversation, Chops, you gave me an appreciation that even though I can say, like, yes, I'm into jam bands, but being able to think about all the different bands and how wide the variety of music actually is in that genre sure you know what i mean like it's everything from from bluegrass you know to straight up metal with umphreys mcgee at times yep i mean i sent i sent you wizard burial ground and that's like one of the most straight up metal songs yeah for sure (laughs) not even gonna fight it 
Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw them play that live, I was like, I've seen metal bands not be able to play that efficiently in concert. So, yeah, check out Umphers McGee if you do like music, because they do it. They, they do the music thing. They, <laughs> they, do they, the they music. play the instruments and make the music stuff. <laughs> That's right. They make they make the music. Um, all right. So that covers music. Let's go on to the, probably the big category. Yeah. Why I saved it. I saved it for last. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, TV. There's a lot of good TV. There is a lot of good TV. And I, I mean, we can go on and on. Like, and we could probably do an episode about our favorite TV shows of the last 10 years. And it would probably be pretty interesting. Oh, but let's be fun. Let's talk about <laughs> specifically what we've been what we've been watching in quarantine in safer yeah. at home. Yep. Um, let's go. Let's go with the first one on the list there. Let's talk about little fires everywhere. Oh, man. This show. So like I I feel like I don't know nineteen or twenty year old Kevin that thought he was so cool would have looked at the show and been like what the fuck I'm not watching that don't do that <laughs> yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you forty two year old Paul was like eh. <laughs> <laughs> like eh, I'll I'll watch that whatever she can watch that on her own and I just happened to be in the room just like sucked in it is insanely gripping television it is so so little fires everywhere is a tv show based on a book of the same name uh and if you go and look at the goodreads or the amazon this this book has thousands of five-star reviews like literally thousands it's one of the best reviewed books i've seen in in a long time and i like i am a big fan of the author john green um I love John Green. I don't care what you think about him. His podcast is incredible. Uh, his books have gotten me through some really hard times. And Abundance of Karens and Looking for Alaska are both just such good books. Say what you want about The Fault in Our Stars, the movie, whatever. It's still a good book. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I don't care what you say. John Green's a great author. And when I saw John Green's endorsement of Little Fires Everywhere, I was like, okay, okay, I'll give this a chance. Uh, and let me tell you something. This TV show is, oh damn, it is incredible. Uh, it, it a it is Reese Witherspoon at like Emmy caliber best performance of her career level acting. And- I I I mean I'm gonna be again perfectly honest with you. I had no idea she could act like that. Oh, you need to watch Morning Show too if you haven't watched Morning Show. Yeah, I, she I haven't, and I've heard she's really good in that too. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, she's she's it seems like she's just really getting out there with the chops. And and the other thing, too, and I think this is where Aubrey's uh, interest came into it, is that uh, Joshua Jackson's in it. Well, yeah, I mean, because every girl who grew up in the late 90s has a crush <laughs> on Joshua Jackson. Yes. So we we've seen everything he's done. <laughs> Yep, but and I, and I think that was that was where that interest initially came. But he's really good in it too. He is quite good, uh, and so is Carrie Washington. Yep, yep. All all of the kids are phenomenal. Yep, uh, and oh, Jade man. Pettyjohn, who like if you haven't watched a, a lot of like recent things, like she was the girl from School of Rock, like the main one of the main characters. Uh, and she plays the oldest daughter uh, in Little Fires Everywhere, and she's really good, too. She was really good. Uh, so anyway, Little Fires Everywhere. Just woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, yeah. You, it's you just, you just shockingly have to, good. You just have to snuck trust up, us. <laughs> snuck up on me. Like, <laughs> like, 
I had I was like, yeah, whatever, girl book. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh shit, this is gripping. Uh, yeah, and there was it was one of those things where I was just you know because I was playing Final Fantasy 14 on the laptop and she was watching it, and I, I and three seconds in I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, and and just the way it unfolds is just, oh man, just there there isn't a bad thing happening in that shit. Well. I mean, there's bad bad things, things right? But... but bad things happen <laughs> is is the could be the tagline of that show. Aside from Malifaux, man, this is right? all bad stuff. But uh, crazy, yeah. Um, all right, that's enough gushing about Little Fires Everywhere, the girly show, as you say. It's it's God, it's so also the girly show, man. Uh, oh man! <laughs> if you've never watched Thirty Rock, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Good lord! Uh, oh man, I can't believe I said. <laughs> But seriously, 30 Rock is great. You should watch it. And uh, yes, the fact that you said Rock the girly show great. reminded me, well, obviously reminded me of 30 Rock. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. What, on. What's next? Moving on. Uh, so my favorite show of the television season thus far, uh, Westworld season three. Yeah. Here's what I want to say. So we and are I'm behind on it. We I'm are behind on it. hours away right now from the season finale. So I, I can't comment on how Westworld season three ends. Uh, but how what I can tell you is that at, first things first, you can't watch Westworld season three without watching the first two seasons. Don't try it. You'll be lost in six minutes, <laughs> um, like completely lost. Uh, yeah. But if you have watched Westworld season one and two, and I say that because I know season one was amazing and season two was a bit of a slog. Yeah. Uh, season two is great. Just long in parts. Uh, season three is worth watching both seasons just to get to it is so good um yep. the writing the pacing aaron paul's fucking acting <laughs> again somebody else who's like really showing chops yep man and it's not just aaron paul right the entire cast is just destroying ed harris is like continuously amazing in westworld yeah i'm like i said i'm behind i gotta get caught up but Everything I've seen so far has been great. Have you seen? So it's not a big spoiler to note that Ed Harris is in 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 this season. Have you seen any of the episodes that Ed Harris is in yet? No. Oh fuck, man, you're you're way behind. A. I am. I am. I am way behind. Yeah. So if you like cyberpunk stuff at all, uh, this takes the Westworld idea and turns it on the cyberpunk head, and it is. Whew, it's very well written. The story unfurls in this. It, 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 if you're not familiar with the show at all and you haven't watched it, it's basically so if you know who Chris Nolan is because you've watched Chris Nolan's movies and you like yep. Chris Nolan's movies. The reason you like Chris Nolan's movies are his brother uh, because his brother writes all the movies he directs and it's right. him and his wife that created Westworld. So if you've ever liked Memento or Interstellar or any of those mind bending Chris Nolan movies, you'll like Westworld uh, and yep. Westworld season three is, is them at their creative best. It is very good. Yep. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. I absolutely. Watch it. Yep. All right. My turn. Yep. Ozark. Oh boy. Ridiculous. This was another show I slept on and thank God for Aubrey being like, I'm watching this. And me sitting there playing on the computer, looking at the TV, going, holy shit, what is going on with this? This show is amazing. There isn't a moment of it that is not intense. 
Yeah, and from what I've heard, it's like season one is really good. Season two is really good. Season three is, holy shit, one of the best TV shows ever made. Yes, and that's exactly it. Season one was was really good. Season two was really good. But season three is just above and beyond because it's it's one of those it's one of those seasons of television where it sends you on a crazy crazy ride and every episode just drives everything forward with a purpose and and that's that's one of the things i think it does so well is that it is an hour-long show but there is never a time where you go they weren't sure what they were doing or this feels like padding everything that's happening is important and that's i mean and just Oh my god, it is so good. I can't wait for you to watch it. All right. And it's and it's and it's a it's it's a stressful show to watch. Like That's it what is, I've there heard. Are, it is stressful. Like like if you have fingernails, you will chew them off. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know if I can give any more of a higher endorsement than than that. Um it's uh, Jason Bateman is ridiculous. Thank God for Arrested Development because that saved his career and yep. we get this awesome performance from him. All right. I'm 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 looking forward to it. It's like it's next on my list of shows to watch. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for you to be texting me being like, what is going on? <laughs> All right. Yes, Ozark. Uh, what's next? All right. I'll talk about something I've been watching. And I haven't yep. been watching just in quarantine. I've been watching it for slowly for a while because it's a lot. Uh, and it, it's a show that's so bonkers, you can only take it in some small doses. <laughs> okay. But I'm here to tell you, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the shit. Okay. Uh, it, so if you want to watch something that's pure spectacle, has I mean, it's got some, some decent storytelling, but like people don't watch professional wrestling for the storytelling, right? Right. They They don't. And, and right, and even anime fans that watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure aren't always watching for the storytelling. They're watching for the minute by minute what the hell else is about to happen, right? Uh, and nothing delivers on the premise of what the hell is going to happen next better than JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Nothing, bar none. Dropping the mic. <laughs> if you like, <laughs> if if you if you want to just be led along in a pure spectacle, it, you can do no better. Uh, it's so good. Um, it, yeah. Anyway, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I don't want to go too far into it, and spoiling it, other than the fact that you know, like there are characters that are literally named like Ario Speedwagon. Oh, jeez. And like uh, Dio is the villain in the the first season, so if oh you like God, that's if awesome. you like if you like metal references and uh, like eighties music references, it's a great show for that. But also, if you've ever liked shonen anime, uh, specifically shonen anime with like big fights between muscular dudes, <laughs> this <laughs> this is big fights between muscular dudes. The anime, <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. Uh, can't recommend it enough, but it's a trip. It's a total trip, and like I said, I I absorb it slowly. But I've watched a lot of JoJo's uh in, during the during the quarantine. That sounds like the type of thing you want to be watching during quarantine. Yeah, and also if you if you partake, uh, it's a great show to watch while partaking. <laughs> Speaking of great shows to watch while partaking, um, if you... <laughs> Midnight Gospel, did, you know, you know when Midnight Gospel released, did you did you catch the release date for it? 
No, tell me it was 420. It definitely was 420. <laughs> 420 is when Netflix dropped. Net. They they knew what they were doing. There is no... I've, okay, so if you are not aware of Midnight Gospel, it is amazing, uh, but, but it's re- it, it's really bizarre. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so the first thing to note about Midnight Gospel is it's created by Pendleton Ward. And if you don't know Pendleton Ward by name, uh, but you do know Adventure Time... Uh, yeah. Adventure Time is the brainchild of uh, Pendleton Ward, so it's that brand of weird. Yep, yep, it is, and th- and that's just the the animation, right? Right. Because basically, what this show is is a guy who sits down with people with really interesting perspectives on life, and it's a podcast, and then they took it and then they animated it. And what's going on on screen has nothing to do with what they're talking about, except maybe symbolically, like very deep psychological symbolism of what's actually happening. Brilliance. I mean, it is the, the I watched an episode today where they were talking about this middle Middle Eastern philosophy of of magic and how. It's it's different than than Eastern philosophy, which deals with reincarnation. So you're trying to do all this, you know, become a better person over multiple lives. But this this other philosophy is jamming it all into one life. And meanwhile, you have all this crazy stuff going on on screen. It's I I, I it sounds crazy, and it is, but it is enthralling. Yeah, and it sounds like the right just so the right good. kind of weird, just the right kind of weird. Yes, because it and. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. Like I had no idea what to expect going into it, and then I'm watching like the the first episode. The guy's talking to Doctor Drew, you know. Yep, yep. Love line, Doctor Drew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love line, Doctor Drew, talking to him about like essentially starts off on the opioid epidemic, but goes through this whole thing about how you know drugs themselves aren't bad. It's the experience around them and how you use them and and what you do with them. That's actually the bad thing, but the whole plot of what's happening on screen is zombies. So symbolically, it makes sense to what they're talking about. Yep, it's very linked. Yeah, and then like they get bit by the zombies, and then like when they're zombies, it's just like this seemingly great, amazing world. Like I said, very symbolic of what they're talking about, but not a straight up like one for one. So, so good. Highly recommended. And the episodes, I mean, they're maybe 20 minutes long. So, it's a quick watch. Midnight Gospel. All right. And then I think, like, um, we just had your Quibi recommendation thing you just got, right? Yeah, yeah. We just we just got this. Um, and it's it's kind of cool. It's this, it's a new streaming service. All the shows are, like, 10 minutes long. But my, my biggest excitement is that uh, it's going to... Tomorrow, start new Reno 911 episodes. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest shows that's ever been on TV. And and we're going to get more in 10-minute chunks. That's even better. Like, that yeah. fits that It fits style, that. Yep. Um, which is really good. And then some other upcoming stuff. Uh, new Rick and Morty, the second half of season four, starts tomorrow. That's exciting. Yep. And then, um, or no, I guess that starts, I think, Maybe tomorrow or Monday. I think it said May 4th. 
and I keep thinking that's a Sunday, but it's it's Monday. And then also on May 4th, um, the Mandalorian documentary of, of them going through the process of making it. Yeah, and that's a Disney Plus thing, right, on May 4th? Yeah. Yep, and it's it's like going to be a whole series. And obviously from the way back at the beginning of the episode, I said how much I enjoyed watching the Rise of Skywalker documentary and the Last Jedi making of documentary. So I'm really excited about this because one of the things I thought about with Mandalorian being on Disney Plus is that we wouldn't get a making of documentary, but we did. Cool. And well, also, I'm all about it. Also, a uh, thing that I'm looking forward to is prop culture. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's super awesome. Prop culture? Is that going yeah, into that's like a, props for movies Dis- and stuff? For Di- a Disney specifically, yep. Okay. It's supposed to be really good. It's a behind-the-scenes thing about props. Awesome. Uh, now I'm going to have to look at that up, too. <laughs> <laughs> so much to do. So yep. little quarantine. Yeah, so, so, so here's this show will revisit classic films by exploring the various props, costumes, set design, and music. Films that will be featured are Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black uh, Pearl, Mary Poppins, Tron, The Night Before Christmas, The Muppet Movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. At the very least, I need to watch a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and it started, I think the first one was last night, and the reviews online have been like, oh my god, this is amazing. So. Wow. Okay. Okay, good. Well, that's now on the list. All right. And that that was my, my, my it was funny, that was going to be my final thought, and I totally just jumped myself. That's, <laughs> that's all right. Um, <laughs> so that was Kevin's final thought. <laughs> <laughs> My my final thought is that somehow after a billion weeks of quarantine, I still feel like there's still so much media to consume. Oh man, it's never ending. We live in a golden age of media we do. consumption. We do. It's sure. great. So I'm 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 looking forward to more. Ella got to go raid her office and she had a couple iPads that we're we're storing to be able to give out to faculty right. when they need them. But the you know being a person that's lucky that works in higher ed and has a spouse that works in higher ed and we have this iPad here, uh, and we'll format it before we gave it to give it to somebody. I signed up for Marvel Unlimited today, <laughs> busted one out and installed Marvel <laughs> Unlimited on it. So <laughs> I have a brand new shiny new iPad Pro that I'll be there. You go. Books on. That'll be awesome. I can't wait for uh, any recommendations on that. Yeah. So yeah, so much so much good media content out there. Mm-hmm. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, uh, hopefully you had fun listening to this episode that had nothing to do with war gaming, and was and was longer than a Quibi episode. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but thank you to everyone who's listening and 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 you know stay sane during the the quarantine. And thanks to all of our patrons. And then we got a a new patron, Bob. He uh, joined us at the ten dollar a month level which is super awesome. So thank you for that. Thank you, Bob. I owe you five bucks for a patch too. So I'll give you 10, some of those back. Yep. 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 That's right. I got to send. Yeah. I'll get it all back. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so thank you for that. And thanks aesthetic as the city for the music at the, the top and the bottom of the show. Um, and thanks to all these people out there making awesome media for us to consume during these crazy, crazy times. Indeed. Bye. Bye.